Hey everybody, welcome to episode 340 of the Bitcoin podcast. This is the best hour of your week, or, or hour and change. How many, How long do we record? We're just going to let it It depends. Rip. It really depends. So it's, The interview is, for this episode is like 30 minutes, Yeah, and we may really go off on the rest of it, the round table. So here's the deal. Uh, many moons ago, when this sh- show first started, by the way, I'm the f- host that talks first. My name is D. Host number two, Dr. Corey Petty. Doctor. Oh, man. He threw and it out there. Host number three. Just to be doctor. I know. I can't wait. No, they- <laughs> if, you, if you do shrinkles... Start calling yourselves both doctor. I'm gonna go get some lame ass certification off of LinkedIn and I'm gonna start calling myself hey, we will never D, recognize it. D comma CFD certified. Recognize any of those things. But what if it's a doctor from like I don't know, one of them islands that does that all the time? Uh, and it's legit. D, you can go once you get to Texas Tech and you give that commencement speech, I'm sure they will give you an honorary doctorate. I, I, hope so. I still won't recognize I hope- it. I still better recognize my Alicia, our wonderful producer, is also joining us today because why not? We're doing a drunk episode. Uh, and D, hold up, man. This is let me do this. Let me do do this part. You're so let me do this part. All right. So, (laughs) many moons ago, we said every 10 episodes we were gonna do a drunk episode. This was when we very first started the show. This was back in 2013. 15? 15. Well, we started mining in 2013. Okay. 2015 is when we had the show because we were like, man, we're talking so much about this. June. Our, June our family hates 2015. us. June 2015. And I said, every 10th episode is going to be a drunk episode. We did two drunk episodes. And that's no, it. No, we did more. Ep- no, we did two. Really? You drink a lot, but oh, those were I've been drunk official- every episode. So like <laughs> Those weren't official drunk episodes. So this is episode 340, obviously divisible by 10, which means we're still sticking to what we said we were going to do. <laughs> 34 rounds later, we're doing a drunk episode. Cheers, guys. I can't believe this is, we've had so many episodes. <laughs> yeah, I introduced the podcast to a close friend and colleague this week. And he was like, this is it right here? I was like, yeah, he's like, episode 340? And I was like, yeah, so 340. 
He's like, how many podcasts have you done? I was like, me personally, probably a thousand. But that's episode 340 of that one. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. So, hey, Corey, can you hear my IC? Do I need to, do we need to pause? No, that's fine. All right. So, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah. Uh, man, obviously, we drinking? need to talk about some. Yeah, what are we drinking? I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking a whiskey. Here in Kentucky, it's called Basil Hayden. Oh, okay. It's very tart. It's not smooth. It's not fruity. It's very tart, but it's 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 got some. Uh, it's powerful. <laughs> what proof? What proof are you working with? Seven zero. Okay. Alicia, what do you got? What do you got going on over there? I I got a classic. It is also from Kentucky. It's Jim Bean. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that. Is that a special thing? I don't know. It says it's Kentucky straight Small bourbon. Batch? Small batch? Uh, it's it's 80 proof, so I'm going to be very late in the next few days. Because I only weigh 115 pounds. I'm drinking better drink water. We're recording video. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking Jefferson's. It, it is a I very, bought that for my brother. Very small birthday. batch. Blend of straight very bourbon whiskeys. It's lit it right here. Very small batch. <laughs> uh it's really good it's uh 83 83 proof hey all right i got uh i got every every frat boy's favorite bacardi bacardi <laughs> bacardi and cola why is that go the color to it? it gets the job done uh, so this episode is brought to you by basil hayden bacardi jim beam and jefferson uh, if you look in the show notes, you'll see the links to their websites. Go ahead and click on there. Put in the coupon code TBP at checkout, and nothing's going to happen. You're going to get an error. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along. Uh, you know, it's a good episode to be toasty on right before we take this March dip, which typically happens. Hashtag not investment. Advice. I'm just saying I look at the data. We got a price bump, baby. Price you, is you think it's going to do the traditional drop of March through June? I took a bunch of money out. I took a bunch. Of money <laughs> I took a bunch of money out. <laughs> I'm not going to say I hodled plus, but I'm going to say I probably hodled plus. I hodled. I hope. I hodled, I hodled plus hard. Um, looks like a, it looks like a bit of a time to do a little plus. We decided, we decided that it's time to make our lives more comfortable by taking advantage of the irrational exuberance that's happening right now. There is so much exuberance. Irrational exuberance, bro. We should get that on a t-shirt. That's 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 irrational. Daniel's not like here to weeks. write down t-shirt ideas. Yeah, but he's gonna hear it, Dan. You better be taking notes, bro. You better be taking notes. No, I'm playing. Uh yeah. Uh last time you said it, it was literally three weeks later when it was like, ooh, Ethereum went from fourteen hundred to six hundred bucks. Huh. let's let's take a look at history right like let's do that we have skyrocketed multiple times and everyone's like it's the it's happening you know like it's like big connect everyone's excited right and then it drops hard like people make a bunch of dumb decisions put a bunch of money in crypto and then it drops real hard they're like oh i lost all my money and crypto sucks like Fast forward three months, and they're like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, 
it, 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 we, we, we just got through like a th- was like a three year crypto winter. Yeah, yeah, it was three years. So that's Bitcoin has seen nine hundred percent growth up till now, and other other alts have seen you know way more than ten x. So yeah. So this is this is where I say this so like, is different. The Huddle Plus is the ability to survive crypto winter. Yeah, that's true. That's what it is. Ooh. Like you should be positioning yeah. yourself so that you don't have to like like if mm-hmm. when, when crypto winter happens again because it will. You aren't out like, on your ass yeah. with dirty draws and no house. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but what is this winter going to look like? It's currently around 56K. That's enough to buy. Time, every time there is a winter, Alicia, yeah. the price drops down to higher than the last high uh, by quite a bit, actually. By mm-hmm. quite, almost like so, exactly where we are right now in price. Mm-hmm. If you look historically, is where it would drop down to, about twice as the, the last. You can't time. look at the price though, D. You have to look at the overall market cap. Bitcoin is a I trillion know. dollars. Look at look at the Dow. The DJI is eight trillion. It took how many decades to get to that amount of money? Wait, wait. Say that. Say that all again. So, how fast do you expect Bitcoin to grow? How fast? Yeah. Work back from that. Like work back from a value per token or per Bitcoin. I think the different thing, I think this bull run is uniquely different and it's going to be longer than the previous bull runs and slower. Why? It does not seem slow. One, it always is. It always is longer and slower. If you look back at the peaks. Why? Are you going by plan B? Is that why? Why? If, why if are you getting are, my personal yes, life? Why are you getting my personal life, Jesse? Why? I buy off-brand plan B. CVS. Explain why. It, it's just price data, Corey. Opens and close over 10 years now, since back to 2000. And... No, yeah, 10 years of price. So there's data no why. There's no shows why. that. What do you mean there's no why? It's just price you said, data. You just said what had happened. There's no why these things have happened. Why is it different this time? Oh, the things why the boom is different this time? Yeah. Look at the robustness of the fucking market. Look at how robust it is. Explain and then also, what that means. okay, I'll exp- I'm, I'm gonna explain what it means. You give me a second, man. I've been drinking. You need to drink I'm, more. I'm, I'm <laughs> drink. I'm drinking. I'm trying to. I'm, this is this is drunk, Corey. Where I'm gonna force you to say shit that means things. You drink more. Right. <laughs> so what you're saying isn't meaning anything. You're just like the, the data. Data says things. You're like that doesn't fucking mean anything. All right. Hold on, let me see. Should I present now? Hold up. Let me look at my mm-mm, fucking... Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, that's not going to work? All right, I'll leave it alone. We're going to fuck up our whole shit if I do that. I'm recording uh, things in a way. If you present yeah, something, it's going to fuck it all up. I'm not going to give you guys my fucking secrets. Anyways, uh, no, no, no. What's different about this bull run is that we finally hit that peak point at which has been since I've been in this space since like 2013, where institutional money is not only in, it's about to FOMO. Institutional money is about to FOMO. There's only so much Bitcoin left. And if you take into account the uh, 
I guess estimated amount of Bitcoin that'll lost and never come back. The the Bitcoin Bitcoin's done. The most Bitcoin that'll ever enter the system is today, right now. When you take into account how much is lost, which they think is about three point two, we're there. If there's twenty one million and you subtract three point two, we're right there. The the supply is gone. Every single new Bitcoin that comes in ten minutes in ten minutes from now when I'm speaking is going to be way, way, way highly fucking in demand because we're out of it. So you take into account that demand. You take into account that last year there were 18 public companies that would publicly say, yeah, we have Bitcoin on our balance sheet. And here's how much and here's how much Bitcoin of the amount that's in circulation that is. Now we already have Tesla. We're about to have someone brand new. Uh, well, how much is the amount? It's only 1.5 billion from Tesla, though. Yeah, dollars. but it's enough. 1.5 billion dollars. So I don't know how much Bitcoin that actually is. That's, so, like, that's... like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if how if you work your way back from a price of like a hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin, you're gonna have to see another one trillion dumped into that market cap, right? So, where is that one trillion gonna come from? You, they're not gonna have like more than you know a certain percentage of their cash balance sheet dumped cash into app? Bitcoin. So, it's like, just cash app. Responsible for where is that one trillion dollars going to come from, Jesse? I mean, yeah. we literally just stroked 1.9 trillion dollars into existence last week. That's just the US, yeah, but that's not going into the Bitcoin, Dave. it's not. But if you add up the amount of governments and amount of businesses and amount of people and sorry, corporations that have money and are okay with putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet, you're going to get a massive influx, massive. There aren't a lot of things that are decoupled from traditional markets right now. Bitcoin, although it says it's decoupled, and we know, me and you, Jesse, I'm looking at you. I don't know. What look, you're look, look at look at Apple. Look at Apple's balance sheet. How much do they have? They have like, what, 300 million? Or sorry, 300 billion, right? Yeah, but that's all cash. Right. So, so they say they convert 1% because you know that they're not going to convert like 5%. No. Say, say like 2%. So that's that's only like what single digit billions, right? And that's from the largest American company, right? Two point two trillion or two point three trillion is their market cap. So the if they only convert one percent of their cash balance, it's not going to be a mu much, right? You can have every company in the U.S. convert one percent or two percent. You're not going to get a, a, a whole another trillion added to Bitcoin's market cap. I'll say this, and I think from you the do. mining aspect, you're not going to have that much. I don't think you're going to have that much come online in terms of like, I don't know. There, there, there are like physical. But then again, limits. Jess, you're just you're just talking about one market. We're talking about yeah, absolutely businesses. But that's the market that drives everything, right? Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I don't know. DeFi, is, DeFi oh, is, is making a big difference in how companies think about where they how they store money. Yeah. So still going to Corey's question, where yeah. he's like. Uh, you know, what do you say? Corey, you said, like, what's different? This time we I actually why. have. Why is it different? This time there are actual function. There's functionality. There's there's a use case. This is crazy to me to even say this, but I've been drinking so fucking. Crypto has a use case now. And whether we like it or not, that use case is DeFi. And the more people that find out about it, the faster they find out about it. And the more they realize, oh, I can wrap my Bitcoin, throw it on Ether, and then just let it sit there and it makes money for me if I throw it in a pool, it's over. It's game fucking over. That's a use case. What, that's I, a use what case. I do with my money that's not 
supposed to have an action right now is a use case. Like, I have a bunch of money, but I don't have a plan for it. I'm not saying for me. I, I have plans for all my money. Like, as, as, as an individual or a company, we have this Aaron has money. plans for your money. Your, yeah, your I, I don't have plans for anything. Aaron has plans for all of it. Uh, <laughs> like, if I have a bunch of money as an organization, but like, we're not supposed to touch it for a while, understanding what I could do with that money that potentially grows it with, with relatively low risk is a use case in itself. Is that not like with someone willing to argue with me on that one? But how long can that money just sit there and not do anything? It is. That's what I mean. Like we're at zero interest rates. So it's actually a pretty good hedge. It's like they, it's better than buying bonds holding cash right now. We, we, uh, we talked about this in the ICO boom, right? Like, uh, one of the benefits of the ICO boom in 2017 was not necessarily like a bunch of projects got a bunch of money. It was a bunch of people got a lot of lessons on how to think about what their money is doing. And that is not like young people, right? Like our generation and younger have have had the have had to start thinking about what they're doing with their money and how their money is working for them, which is a rich man's mentality. And that's not something you get from like schooling, college, anything. Like and I, and I think I think that's the most important thing is that we're we're growing up we're growing a, a generation of people that think about what to do with their money that makes sense for not only them, but also like, like if crypto is doing anything good, like a group of people that want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it, I like DeFi and I even like the ICO boom because it allowed for people to finance into businesses. Granted, a lot of them turn out to be garbage, but had the opportunity to invest in businesses when they previously could not have the possibility to do so. To do so, so that mechanism is in the ecosystem now and is robust and is much better than before. But it's more inclusive. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> my concern is: is are we just recreating what the, they're doing in Wall Street with all these derivatives and these short sales, and they're not actually producing anything? Yeah, so probably. Are we actually, that's all we're doing. Pro- no, no, that, that's not all we're doing. It's a that, lot no, of what's I, happening. That's that's. Yeah, like, I would say that's that's like I mean. 90% we've, we've had this conversation doing. before. Like, yeah, of course we're going to recreate finance. I I don't have a problem with them recreating finance and some of the mechanisms, but I would like us to actually, unlike previous generations, mainly the baby boomers, actually produce something, actually produce products, actually produce something that is tangible in this. Do you consider world. software a product? Yes. What kind of so software? yes, we have we have a lot of software bots and robustness and automation, and that's fine. But I do think that we need to have like, like I can see like certain things that crypto has pushed aside or has forced to move forward. Like we wouldn't have uh, robotic cars right now if it wasn't for crypto, because so much money was put in investment in ASICs, and it jump started that that pushed that a little bit further in that industry where there's more uh, people willing to uh manufacture those chips 
And the byproduct of that was because crypto kind of got in there and was just squeezing that market a little bit and people invested in that and, and started making those chips or graphic cards or certain other tangible hardware stuff that is being utilized in other ways. But I, I would like to see something more, I don't know, real, like a, I, I go back to the coffee thing, you know, buying a cup of coffee, uh, investing in the farmer who makes the coffee, investing in the, the person who produces the coffee, that those type of deals. I'm just not quite seeing that end of it yet. I think those projects have come up, but they haven't gotten traction. No. Because nobody they're cares about right. that. They just care about liquidity pools and making like, you know, 10% a day or whatever, yeah. you know, and staked tokens. Just that, then, just, yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's nothing to it. Yeah, and I, I don't want to play the game of musical chairs where we're now the, uh, like at the end of Animal Farm. We're now, we're now the pigs. I don't want to be the pigs. <laughs> I want to be the goat. I want to be able to, you know, do something a little bit more tangible, you know? I know. I agree. hundred percent. That's why my money's not in crypto right now for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I want to use it to build something. Yeah. Well, build what? You don't Boost even have blocks, time. Baby. You don't even have time to build anything. That's what I'm I saying. Know, well, if, if you don't have the time to build anything, you might as well stick it in DeFi. No, I don't want to. I don't agree with that. How? You don't agree with finance, then? Is what you're saying? No, I what? don't. I don't. I don't want to make more money that way. I, 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 I don't. I've never actually contributed money to a liquidity pool like that. Fair enough. Yeah, Look, I only actually but... put money into projects that actually have that have the generalized function of potentially a faster Ethereum. That's that's where my money was going. I've never touched a, a, a liquidity pool like that. Mining pools, you know, fine. That's a different thing. But liquidity pools just for farming? Nah, I've never touched any of those. Yeah, but it's not a liquidity pool just for farming. I believe there's a lot of negative connotation that goes along with it. Like, Bro, I, broke, like I broke I broke, I broke, it down pretty well for some some of my colleagues and some of my and, and, and close friends. Like, it's like Look this. Look at the pair you're in, there's dude. The, USD, huh? USDC to Rapteeth. What is, what is being done uniquely I don't give a shit there's people trading and they're fucking leveraging the pool yeah, that's, that's pretty much it that's pretty much it people trading and that's that's how you're getting money. yeah but jesse that same tr that same trading is literally what makes the fucking world go around like that finance that makes the world go around people are just that. because Why it's on crypto make money doing something doesn't mean you have to do it and continue it right yeah but okay trading and trading Trading and market activity is something that drives global commerce. Like it's not anything immoral. It is what it is. It, Someone's gonna go to a market if someone needs. Huh? If but, someone, but here's the thing. if I'm confident in my skill set, right, I don't have to make my money that way. I can literally choose not to. Not because it's good or bad, but because I just choose not to because I'm just confident, right? That's very true. Yeah. So that's all it is. Like I don't need to put my money but, into a liquidity pool because I have confidence in my own skill set. I mean. That's very true. I have confidence in my skill sets as well, but I have confidence in my skill sets and then I put this nice little glazing icing on top of it called putting my money in a liquidity pool. So yeah, it's just I like, want to build something. I don't want to I don't want to put my money in something that's milk soap. Not, so, not, not interesting to me. To each his own. To yeah, answer Corey's absolutely. question about like uh why this market is different and why this bull cycle is different. Um one you've got that use case 
to you have all sorts of different businesses getting involved in speaking to it. Like today, I just read a headline. NVIDIA was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to start making ASICs. That's a big deal, man. And we can't act like it's not. We can't sit here and act like it's not a big deal. What do you think that means? Huh? What does that mean? What do you think that means? ASICs. It means exactly what I've been saying for fucking six years. What do you think an ASIC is? An action-specific integrated chip. Application-specific integrated circuit. Okay. I used the wrong A word. What does that mean? What does that mean? I feel like if you try to it is an integrated... It means it's an integrated circuit specifically designed to do one thing and one thing well. That's it. Okay. okay. That's so it. why so okay, now you said it's important that a company decided they're gonna start making ASICs. For what cause? What applications are they catering to? Because the manufacturing process of a of a given ASIC is very different. Why does that matter? Because the companies that are optimizing for creating the ASIC of Bitcoin is very different than the companies that are optimizing for creating the ASIC of anything else. Yeah, but why does it matter? What I'm saying is before, I don't know now, would would NVIDIA have explored anything crypto other than now I'm just going to keep making my graphics cards? And if people want to use my graphics yeah, cards, they would. Crypto, There's a lot of reasons that. to explore ASICs outside of, of crypto, cryptocurrency. There's a tremendous amount of reasons. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons, but we're talking about cryptocurrency here. Yeah, what I'm saying I'm is that the market, the, the market effects are now demanding that people that wouldn't pay attention are needing to have to pay attention. I'm going to agree with D here. I'm going to say that, like, I, I agree with what Alicia was saying and kind of D's kind of piggybacking on what she said in terms of, like, crypto sped up, like, the, the POW projects sped up fabricating efficiently at smaller I scales. I and I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that generalization. And that's 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 definitely helped. Yeah. Um, it's just the same thing as, like, uh, crypto has sped up the innovation and in zero-knowledge proofs. <clears throat> and also the usage of green energy. Yeah, there's and a lot the, of things that crypto energy. has sped up because we found a way to like yeah. directly incentivize groups of researchers to do a thing that they weren't previously incentivized to do. Like I, 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 I like zero knowledge proofs as an example of this because like the concept of a zero knowledge proof has been around for decades. Like, how do I prove something without revealing any details about the thing I'm trying to prove? why was it never like a larger science? Why was this, why was this section of cryptography not larger? Because no one gave a shit, right? There wasn't like a, yeah. an obvious application to these things. And then Zcash came along and said like, hey, we can, we can build a, a money system that I can send someone money and no one can understand the fact that I sent them money. But... I can also be sure that no one can like manipulate the system. Like they can't like artificially inflate the amount of money that's inside the system. Like validators can say, "Oh, that was that like you sending money to D was valid," but I have no idea the fact that you sent money to D. It's like zero knowledge proofs were incentivized by cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. and so now we have a like a 
an open field of research for how do I make systems where people interact with each other, but the people who are validating the things don't know any information, yeah. right? That cryptography was never was never funded because it wasn't applicable. We found one application for it, and then it just like we flooded money into it through cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. It's and, like and that's 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 like the good part of what's going on here is that we we're, we're we're incentivizing a bunch of really good research to do stuff that we couldn't do before. And I want to add also, you know, I've been drinking. I, I think that what we're what we're kind of living in and what is neat that we're living in it is a new economic paradigm other than capitalism, other than communism, other than all these shit that we grew up and we read books about and we witnessed. We have things that are going on now that are unique in crypto. Like, for example, someone is dropping their entire life to work on a project and they know that the more they work on this project, the more value it brings back to them. Like, that's not really capitalism. That's not really... That happened in the 90s, the dot-com era. What do you mean? People were minted. Millionaires were minted. But they had significant economic incentive to do it that. It wasn't like the and incentives to do it weren't as but aligned. It was, it was like taking advantage of something, I think, of the dot-com bubble because it wasn't, there was no scarcity involved. It was, it was, the dot-com bubble is so interesting because it's, it's like, it's like, how does the internet compare to cryptocurrency in a lot of ways? Dotcom bubble was the first time that I could read a billboard as I'm driving down the highway and see it and see something human readable and then go learn about it later on the internet, right? Like the DNS system of the dotcom bubble was the marvel. And, and the marvel was that I could never read something in real life and then go learn about more and more about it later on down the line on my computer. But like there was no scarcity involved with that. It was like, how do I learn something that I saw when I was running on the road? So it, it changed marketing drastically. Is that mm-hmm. for marketing, I can say like, hey, you think this is sexy? Check out my domain name. And then you can learn anything, anything you want. Whereas previously, it's like I had to put all that information on the billboard. Otherwise, I lost that customer. I think you hit the nail on the head. There's scarcity in the domain names themselves. Eh, kind of. What do you mean? Like, like pets.com, right? That company yeah. was garbage. It was dog shit. But they had pets.com. Yeah, but you didn't have dog shit.com. <laughs> sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Bad analogy. I <laughs> sorry. I, I apologize. I, Go on, Jesse. But it's like, Go on. Jesse hasn't been drinking quite as much as I have. <laughs> I don't know how to go from that because it's 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 it's, it's I'm just all those... I, the only reason I mentioned dotcom Ericory was because uh D said economic paradigm shift and i'm just thinking communication paradigm shift but the same thing happened in the 90s i but i think the difference from the dot-com era and this was it was very not that there's not self-centeredness or self-interest in this ecosystem but there's a bit more utilitarianism where you're thinking of the whole you're thinking of the mic go ahead you should finish you're you think you're thinking not only yourself but as a whole like what benefits me can it also benefit everyone and you're trying to think of everyone in all different types of scenarios if you think of going back to the original white paper 
really basically what it came down to is if you had electricity and you could connect to the internet, you could participate in some fashion. And basically you could potentially build up to the other different parts of the ecosystem. But there was no real barrier other than electricity and connection. And I think with a lot of the different ecosystems, the DeFi and the different projects are thinking about um, MyCrypto, which was on hashing out uh, Taylor Montanon, educating people how to use wallets and thinking of the ways to help people secure their finances. The most easiest and best beneficial way for everyone that can do that. I think that's what's different from the dot-com era, whereas it was about making money from just themselves versus can we make money for as many people as possible. And to add to that, Alicia, the thing, the reason why this is uniquely different from the dot-com era is there's no pets.com dollar. I mean, there's, there's hacks. What do, there's, what do I mean? And that is, hacks. What, what do you call hacks? Uh -huh. What do you call hacks? Yeah, hex. Or Bit no, Connect. hold on. You guys are BitConnect. How do you deal with scam? Like, there, there are there are plenty of scams. Like I think your 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 mic drop is not working. <laughs> it's not a mic marker. What I'm saying is that like if a community in Ethereum or in crypto becomes popular enough, it now has its own currency. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, there's no pets.com dollar. It has its own currency. And what if that community gets big enough to where they start having governance of themselves and they do well? And now all of a sudden, if you want to play nice with that community, you're going to have to translate your cryptocurrency to their cryptocurrency. Like, it's it's this is new crazy shit. This is yeah, new crazy shit. There's, there's a lot to that. There's, I, I think there's, like, a, there's a lot to what Dee just said. There's a, lot, there's a fuck ton to it. Like, this is we're, we're living and witnessing some new shit that humanity is going to get real uncomfortable real weird when all of a sudden i can go to like some country in europe and i could say hey you know i uh, uh fuck your euros i got all this status token and i know you want that shit so give me my fucking falafel that's a totally that's a totally different thing i don't think yeah. the status token will be like that yeah, we don't. Yeah, you can say that, you can think that, but right now, if I go to some country in Europe and I'm saying I'm not paying you in euros, here's some ether. Take this ether. There's gonna be at least one falafel maker that's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Give me that ether. Yeah, definitely. Give me that ether. Like that's that's totally different. Like we're literally between that right and a video game where you can log in anywhere in the world and and log into any character and I trade you WoW gold for the equivalent thousands of dollars. That's not different, but that's video game shit. That's still what I'm like, like oh, my this Uber eats guy thing. is not going to install the app just to get a thousand dollars for your falafel in WoW Gold or some shit like that. Like, I don't know. It's just D has an Uber Eats. He's not going to talk to us anymore. Oh, man. Uh, so, like, there's a thing here that I that I I think is really interesting, and that is like, if you grow a community, yeah. the ability to attach a value transfer and scarcity to that community. Okay. Um, it's interesting to me. How is that like, not the, the equivalent of a stock, though? Uh, wait, wait. Like the internet gave us the ability to create communities, but it was very difficult to discern like the relative power of that community. Like, and crypto, I think, gives us that opportunity where like you can you can you can create a digital scarcity associated with that community, and 
how people move that digital scarcity across themselves within that community makes sense because everyone kind of agrees on the same rules. But then say I want to take, I, I've made, we'll, we'll say like I make karma from some community I'm in based on my participation in it. That karma is now attached to some digital scarcity. It's cryptocurrency of some sort. But I now have the ability to take that and sell it and trade it in an open market to assert my my will or influence on a different community. And that's like that's a big part of it. It's like I am able to take the power that I have and have created in some community, remove it from that community, and then use it somewhere else. Which creates this kind of like kind of natural open market capitalistic way of discerning relative power between communities is how much value it's worth. But it also is the first time where like I can, it's instead of like me constantly leveraging the power I have in one community and in, 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 in something else, but it never goes away in the first part. It's like I, if the process of me saying like, well, I would like to take like the work that I've done uh, in this community and move it over here. It no longer exists in the first one. And I think that's really important is that like, I can't continuously take advantage of the power I have in a community uh, by leveraging it in other communities. Is, is any of this making sense? Kind of sort of, it's like the USD uh, or the petrodollar. Uh, we leverage our power all the time. If we don't take USD, you're pretty much cut off from the markets. We sanction people, we, we mess with people's banking abilities, we do all sorts of things. I think what's different now with cryptocurrency is communities can say no to something and that person's power or sway over them is not as great and powerful as the USD market where they're cut off. But at the same time, you can have someone say, for example, like Venezuela, which is currently sanctioned and cut off. Say Venezuela has its dollar in the USD, it, USD, we're just going with dollars, can exchange back and forth in almost an equitable manner because you can't really cut each other off in any fashion. Like Ethereum being wrapped up in Bitcoin or Bitcoin wrapping up in Ethereum. People are building bridges with each other, which they weren't doing before. To have a little bit say in each other's community, but acceptance. Like there's not those barriers before where you allow for just one dominant player. You're you're eroding those those kind of power plays, and it's making things I think uh, in cryptocurrency more equitable. Because as much as Bitcoin is in the news and it's very dominant, it's is not going to be the most powerful player in the room for most part for most people communities. People are in Ethereum. People are in um, Aba. Uh, status token, all these different DeFi, all these different ways of making and financing yourself in, in cryptocurrency. So as much as um, the maximalists and Bitcoin are saying this one thing, it's is not the only thing. It's not the only player. It's not the USD where you have to play by their rules or you're out. And I think that's what's different about cryptocurrency is you don't have to play by their rules and you're out. You can build bridges or you can just say, we're not playing and still have some power and some sway. What do, you uh, what do you mean, Corey, when you're talking about like, I feel like, I feel like you're trying to generalize a specific example that you're thinking of in its relationship 
between moving some value out of a community and into another community. Because when you generalize it like that, I can't help but think like the way billionaires play with companies. Like for instance, Warren Buffett will take a slice, like 12% of a company and they'll repay back him like, you know, 7% on top of that every year for three years. You know, like, like he does debt deals, right? He doesn't actually like, he doesn't buy stock like retail that he, he actually buys like he buys companies with, with like debt saving and cash infusions. So like, I guess I'd like to know like more about what specific example you're talking about or talking All to. All right, let me give you, let me give you a better example. I think and this is something that I think is going to happen over the course of the future in that, um, because we have some digital scarcity attached to a community, you're able to discern a better governance structure. So like you have voting mechanisms based on who owns what tokens in your community, right? So like the vote is weighted by those who hold things. Okay, but let me let me challenge that. Let me like finish this concept. Okay, like, okay. You, yeah. you, you understand that that concept, right? Like my vote yeah. is weighted by how much stock I own. Sure. And you have class types, right? You have class A and class B. Yeah. But like, what's interesting about this is that I, it, the concept of cryptocurrency allows it to be more fluid where like, if I would like to take my power in one community and transfer it somewhere else, mm -hmm. I no longer have power in all the communities. I can't, I can't, I, I can't leverage it. I have to move it somewhere. So my ability to vote and have influence on a specific community is hindered if I decide that I want to take a portion of it out and move it somewhere else. How like is that I any literally different? have to sell things and move them somewhere else, negating my, my, my like, like, or like decreasing my influence in the, in the first community. And that's like, it's a, it's a very tangible way of understanding what kind of influence and power people have in a given community when you have a digital scarcity attached to it. Okay. So this is, this is what I think when you, when you tell me digital scarcity, I think number of stock in circulation. And if I own 10%, each stock has one vote, unless it's class a, then each of my stocks are worth 10. Well, that's, that's one votes. way of looking at it. We have, we have like, what's interesting about that is that we have so many different ways of looking at that now. It doesn't have yeah. to be that one specific thing. Sure. Every community can kind of make up their rules there. That's that's the that's the economic games we're playing right now yeah. of what tokens do I have and what influence do those tokens have on decisions in that community? I, th I think the difference, Jesse, versus stocks and cryptocurrencies is yeah. the, the criteria to be part of cryptocurrency is you're here. Versus stocks, you have to have a threshold of wealth, which means you have to either be part of the oligarchy class or working for the oligarchy class in order to really be a player or have a say in the stock market. Versus cryptocurrency, you just have to be breathing and connect to the internet. And you can have some kind of say in the community, depending yeah, on man. how much time, uh, your value that you have or possess you put in. That's the only really significant distinction. I think you're right. And I think that's really the only difference. You don't have uh, a governing body. You don't have the SEC watching you. You don't have, um, you don't have trading fees, like in the sense that there's a settlement body. Um, 
you don't have you don't have to have an accredited well actually you do right for some crypto you do have to have accredited status in order to get into the icos yeah. right so i mean in some ways crypto is adopting the same governance structures that being an early adopter of any tech company had decades ago right it's 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 taking on the same financial framework for the most part I think if you got into crypto early and you were one of those people who put 10 bucks in, in into Ethereum or, you know, you know, a thousand dollars into Bitcoin and, and there weren't like SAFs, there weren't um, all these different legal frameworks in order to protect the companies that are launching tokens. I think that was that was like prime time, right? Because you didn't really have government hindering you or you didn't have monetary thresholds to overcome so like it's just decentralized fine like it's it's the same thing as the stock market it's just you even have higher risk because you don't have any guarantees right you don't yeah. actually own anything but that's kind of like what's the difference you do actually own it though versus the stocks where in some cases sometimes with companies you don't even know how many stocks Robin Hood and, and like parts yeah. of stocks like they don't own any of those things anyone in robin hood doesn't own the stocks they're investing in but like in crypto you do i guess what i what i mean is like the way that DeFi version. uses them they use them for signaling right they don't necessarily use them for utility all the time like ethereum is it's it's his own unique case right where the actual token is used for powering functionality for using smart contracts, right? Um, but like participating in a DAO where everybody is just, you know, throwing money into some scarce token that signifies like some weighted vote for some tech so proposal. I, like... that, on that, I can agree with you, Jesse. I can agree with you that it is a different flavor of Kool-Aid, different flavor yeah, of Wall Street Kool-Aid. that's all it is. Absolutely. But... We've yet to see what the Ethereum, what what the Ethereum network can even actually do yet, like what it can become. And so this is what I'd say. I'd say that one, I don't know where this conversation is going. I know where it started. It started with why is this bull run different than the others? And that it is not ex it is irrational exuberance, but that irrational exuberance now. Remember when we had that interview, Corey, many moons ago with Jack Tater? The guy who wrote that book with Chris Berninsky, it was like I kind of you know, remember. I remember Jack Tater, but I remember and I and I and I said to the dude, I said, Hey, you know, I, I love you guys' model that there's speculation and then there's actually utility. And that's what makes the value of a thing, the value of a cryptocurrency. But I was like, I think you guys need to add a third thing, and that is like and I can't remember the exact verbiage that I used, and that is like uh, like base speculation. That base speculation keeps the value high no matter what because there's always gonna be somebody who's like if somebody wants to step out of the speculation game there's always and that's a big always until i don't know maybe the sun explodes the earth or whatever that shit's supposed to happen but there's always gonna be somebody who's gonna step into that person's shoes and speculate like if somebody's like oh i'm done speculating i'm gonna hang my speculation hat up somebody's gonna come pick it right back up it's like i'm not done speculating i'm gonna get right in that shit and so that's why this bull cycle is different. There's now this base layer of speculation and it's going to just, it's going to get stupid and silly because the supply and demand is absurd. 
And that is what it is. Now, enough about price, right? I think we talked a lot about price. Let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, move to the interview, real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is brother. Come on, hang out for a little bit. It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, it was a good interview. Here it is. And if you heard that smooth transition, you know what it's time for. It's time for one of the Bitcoin podcast interviews. And today, we're joined by He Welcome to the show. Hi. How's it, uh, how's it feel to be here? Um, it's interesting. I feel like I'm calling into a radio show. I, I don't have really any context, so I'm excited. Well, you are calling into a podcast, so it's very close. It's very close. Yeah. It's like almost exactly the same. Except you don't have like uh, sandy characters. I'm the yeah. doctor. I have a doctor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did, but do me a favor, though. What we need you to say is thank you for listening to 92.7, <laughs> the TBP. No, I'm kidding. We don't need you to Yeah, say I think you killed him, man. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's up, man? Tell us about yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? Um, I'm from Virginia. I'm going to school over here. I'm studying urban planning right now. I'm doing a little uh, research on programming currently so I can uh, take a class on GIS, which is geographic information systems. And uh, Elise is the one that put me on to uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in general back around, I, I, I want to say 2015, 2016. And, uh, you know, I've been following ever since. You say following, what have you been doing? Following ever since by that, I mean, just general research. And uh, I put in some money last year for the first time. Okay. So you're you're new to this whole this whole crypto thing. As far as, yeah, as far as investing. So it sounds to me, Jesse, like this gentleman hasn't even fallen down the rabbit hole yet. No, I think he has. I think he just made that clear. He's been following it, not from yeah, I've been following a monetary since, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, for I guess I guess it'd be about five years now. Damn. What so after five years, yeah. Say again. So what made you put money into it? Um, my sister Alicia. She was like, "Yo, <laughs> take a look at Bitcoin." It was eight k the other day. It's twelve k now. I was like, "All right, it's time." <laughs> That's pretty much how that goes, typically. Yeah, like, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck it." So Alicia's been like in our community, listening to this show since inception. I don't know. Well, like, has she been bothering you about this for years? About what specifically? Bitcoin. Like, just, hey, you should check this out. Hey, you should check this out. And then finally, you're like, all right, all right, um, all right I'll check it out. <laughs> bother? I, I wouldn't say bother because I find this interesting, you know? So it was more like, oh, when she says I should check something out, I'm going to check it out. You feel me? Yeah. So what specifically did you follow out of curiosity? Uh, meaning like what? Which uh, currencies? Yeah, yeah. What currencies? Like what about those currencies? Like what? what yeah, mainly, mainly Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I'm going to keep it real with you guys. The only technology-related stuff I know about is the Bitcoin stuff. Like I couldn't tell you anything about the technology of Ethereum or Litecoin or none of that other stuff. Mm. 
So what's your perspective on this uh, new release in the Schnorr signatures? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's part. You of want it. me to make something? I can make something up. If oh you yes, please. It. It's probably going to be <laughs> as, as good as most. I mean, it's very uh, innovative. It's very innovative. <laughs> <laughs> this man can be a politician. It's, it's <laughs> the newest and the best. Newest and the best. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you have any so, questions? Uh, like. Do you have people at your disposal now that can answer questions? Are there things that you want to know? Uh, yeah, I'd love, I might as well. I'd love to know more about how Ethereum works. Ooh, how Ethereum works. Start yeah, with a bang. Like, like, give me like the, like, explain it like I'm five years old. I know nothing about it. Hmm. Well, explain to me how you think Bitcoin works. Start from there. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to give it to you in like, like a couple sentences. Because then I'm just going to start floundering. Um, so you have the blockchain, which is all these transactions are recorded publicly. Okay. I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to try to give you guys two more sentences. <laughs> no, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> I really like when I think of how Bitcoin works. I have like this vague understanding, but I don't think I could really give you a like a concise explanation. That's that's not too. That's, that's not normal. Terrible. I think that's normal. To be honest, it's like yeah, it's like I I can see I can kind of envision it in my head. And that's about it. Not only do I think it's normal, I think it's as expected as any as as we as people who are like, uh, I guess I don't want to say, uh, we're just fans. We're deep fans. Corey is so much of a fan. He works for the organization. He works for crypto. Because uh, it is an organization. There's a president of crypto. No. Um, and no, I think that's as much as we could ever expect anyone to want to, to care to know about crypto, right? Like, it shouldn't right, be a yeah. deep. Like, for example, I'm sitting here staring at a check on my desk. And when I think about those numbers on the bottom of the check, of course, some people know that, you know, there's a routing number, there's a bank account number. Um, but then if you wanted to dig deeper into like, you know, what are the first three numbers of the routing number mean? Does it mean the Northwest region of the U S like nobody gives a shit. Nobody's gonna ever give a shit except for maybe the people that work for the routing network of checks and banks. Like that's about it. Like it's all you can ever really expect. I guess that's yeah, exactly. I mean. Like when I read about, the technologies behind all these currencies like i read about it and i'm like okay i understand this but i'm not going to give myself or i'm not going to put the expectation on myself to actually retain that you know like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna keep all that shit in my head yeah no one is hey you're alicia just said i don't think he's ever written a check and you know what um you're younger than me i've written uh <laughs> have you go I, check? I don't know if i have and it's funny you mentioned that because it's funny you mentioned that, Alicia, because I'm 35 and I've handwritten three checks in my lifetime. Yeah, that's it. Three. The first one I got wrong. You, I, I feel learned, like you've written me more than that, personally. You've bank, like written me more checks than that. Nah, the bank wrote those checks, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I told the bank to write the checks. They sent you the check. And then... um. No, I used to just wire money to you. Something like that. Yeah, I would ACH that shit. But like, you know. So yeah, okay. Well, I guess my- okay, cool. You don't like 
you're not looking to understand the, the cogs and wheels and bells and whistles of what's going on in crypto. What makes you trust it? Like, why is it any different than anything else to you? Is it? Um, do I trust it? I don't know if I trust it. It's for me, to be honest with you guys, it's less about the belief in it and trusting the technology and more about uh, this is what's hot right now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make money. Number go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the same reason uh, why I would pick a, a stock to invest or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I got student loans I got to pay off. So let's see if I can make some of my money go. David, how do you know that you're not going to get your shit stolen and like, it's like, or it just goes away out of nowhere. Like what makes you, what gives you a level of confidence that you can put money in it and someone isn't yeah. going to take it? Like trust, think, just trusting Alicia? Like on or off Corey, like he has a level like from like, I know, you know I'm just zero curious. To 10, he's probably like at a one in terms of like trust. That's why he probably like, I don't know how much money he has, but I would assume his trust would have to be at a 10 to put a substantial amount of money, you know? Yeah. But like, are you like leaning on Alicia to kind of like give her knowledge uh, of what's going on, the benefit of the doubt? It's less leaning on Alicia and more, I mean, it's the same as, in, I guess in terms of trust, it's the same as having my money in my bank account. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know where it is or what they're doing with it. It could go away. <laughs> and I fully expect at some point within my lifetime that the dollar will mean nothing or less than it means now. You know what I mean? Ah, interesting. So, this yeah, is interesting. Uh, How much less do you less think the dollar the will be worth? Oh, I can. I don't know, man. I don't, right, I, just, right. I don't feel it like it's like it's like when people tell me to, you know, invest in a Roth IRA or whatever. It's like when I'm 60 years old, is that really going to exist? We'll see. I don't know. So the answer to that is most likely yes. So uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> most likely yes. I don't know. So much crazy shit going on. Who knows? Most likely, you know, we'll put the if I had to if I had to quantify most likely, I'd say greater than 65 percent. There we go. That's, that's a pretty good chance. That is that's good odds. I'd go to Vegas on those odds. I would. Uh, but this is interesting conversation because it brings into a lot of things that one, it, uh, like I, I'd consider you a tier three uh, GPP, Matthew, and that's okay. You don't even know what that is. Um, we made the term know, up. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's just someone who is very, very disjointed from the greater cryptocurrency conversation. You're a regular dude. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know like Glizzy's GPPs what? are like our own slang. A, that's that's part of our own what lexicon. Is a <laughs> What's a Glizzy? See, he knows what a Glizzy is, but what you is guys that? don't know what a Glizzy is. I'm the bridge. I, <laughs> I don't understand what analogy is. <laughs> yeah. So, what is a Glizzy? It can, it can be a Glock or it can be a hot dog. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, now a GPP in that same <laughs> in that same like context is our own definition of a person who doesn't have a strong technical understanding about things in the space. And then that tier is just D tacking on a joke. You're a tier three GPP. Yeah. Where yeah, the hell did Glizzy? Where did the Glizzy? I don't know. Come into play. Where's what is a Glizzy? I, 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 I still I, don't understand. I understand what so in terms of uh, the tiers, what, what's uh, what's more knowledge and what's less knowledge? Uh, tier one is more knowledge. Tier three is, okay, is gotcha, less gotcha. knowledge. 
Um, all, but all of it we made up. But the only <laughs> the only thing is I'm trying to say is that like. You know, nobody gives a shit about a routing number. They just know they need to know where to put it when they're asked about it. And yeah, yeah. and that is where crypto is going. And this is something that's funny, is like what I was going with with the writing check things is like what I used to say on this show. When this show first started, and I was like what you would call a zealot, and I was like, I don't know, maybe five minutes away and three shots away from getting like the Bitcoin emblem tattooed on my nips. Like it was serious. <laughs> I, I've come along. I've come a long way. We've talked a lot about getting tattoos. <laughs> but uh, what I, what I used to say all the time is like, what's being built right now in crypto is not for the people that are excited about crypto. It's for people that are even younger than you for like people that are like eight years old right now that, have never written a check and never ever will write a fucking check. They may never not they may never even use a fucking debit card. They're gonna be paying stuff for, with their phone or with you know a gesture on their wrist. Yeah, whatever comes next. Yeah. You know, like it's not it's got nothing to do with people that have to pay bills right now. It's it's people that are young, super duper young. Because you know, I've written three checks in my life, and like my parents are always like you know, did you send that check? And I'm like, no, I didn't send a check. I'm not 70,000 years old like oh. you. I just sent it through cash, app, Venmo, email, text, whatever. I sent the money, but I'm not ever going to send a check anywhere. And I think that's what, like, the youth now, they'll use crypto like it was second nature. So that's all I was going to say. I'll get off of my soapbox now. I'm getting down. Corey, you want to answer his question, how Bitcoin works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can start yeah. now. Well, now yeah, that I, I got a pretty good context here. Bitcoin allows me to send you money on the internet, and you know that I don't have it. That's it. Right? So, like, I have some Bitcoin. Okay. I, can, I, can, I can send it to you on the Bitcoin network, and you can receive it, and you know for a fact that I don't have it. Uh, that's the first time that really happened. Um, on the internet without us relying on some like some third dude to to say yeah that happened right we just we just the, the system makes sure that happens there's no other party that makes sure that it happens and then uh that's basically it that's it's a it's a it's a scarce resource so there's only a certain amount of bitcoin in existence you can't deflate or inflate that arbitrarily and I can send you stuff and you can receive it and you know I sent it that's it. And what Ethereum did was added a little part to that that said, not only can I send you stuff and you receive it and you know that I sent it and I don't have it anymore. It also said, I can make little programs that dictate how money moves and I can put those in the blockchain too. And I can start to interact with those like little robots. And those robots can hold money. So not only can we like do what Bitcoin does, we can make little programs that help kind of expand the things like the way in which you send money and hold it and move it around. And that's what smart contracts are. That's really about it. I mean, once you, once you have a, the ability to make a bunch of robots, you can build a bunch of cool shit, a bunch of programs that allow you to move money in interesting ways or hold it in interesting ways and things like that. And all the whole system is basically designed so that um, I don't have to trust somebody to verify that I sent money somewhere. That's the gist. That's the like 
highest level like, see, concept see, I, I can, can I can with. live with that explanation. At least it's probably so pissed to me just that I didn't know how to explain that to y'all. But anyways, that was a that was a great like concise explanation. It'd probably take me a lifetime to really understand Ethereum. But in terms of an explanation of Bitcoin, that was that was a, a great explanation. Yeah, because if you think about it, right, like the internet, the internet showed up um, and allowed us to like have websites and send information and stuff. But there was like and you had like torrents and like Napster and all that bullshit. And but there was no way for me to send you something and you and me not have it, right? Word. Bitcoin was the first time where I could send you something and me not have it, and you know that. Which means you can have, you can like you can attach a value to it because you you know it's it's been moved and it's not just duplicated. Yeah. And since there's only a certain amount of it, it's, the more people who want to use it, the more valuable it gets. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that that explanation. Have you heard of Napster? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are you guys think I'm like I'm like ten years old. He's huh? twenty one, dude. <laughs> I know hey, I'm just going goes, off of what my <laughs> what my producer just said. You know, my producer said she said he was born in two thousand. I don't think you he do. knows what Napster. You need to get just, at your sister. I know what Napster is. I know what a check is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know what dinosaurs are. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, my bad. My bad. Uh, I got an important question for you. It's pivotal. If you had a pair of Jordans that I wanted and I didn't have, and okay. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you some Bitcoin and you give me those Jordans. Would you do that deal? Yeah, I'd do that. There you go. Corey, we're making progress. <laughs> <laughs> when we started this podcast, the answer to that would have been like, hell no. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I don't know I don't where know. Bitcoin's going. <laughs> you my fucking Jordans for Bitcoin? What the fuck is that? No, it'd be interesting no, to see. Even before the explanation, I still would have done it because uh, I buy Bitcoin on Cash App, so it's easy. Is that your is that your regular method for for getting Bitcoin? Is using Cash App? Yeah, it's a, that's the quickest I've way. Never, I've never used it. It's really easy. Uh, to me, I I mean, I don't know if that's the quickest way, but right now, as far as my knowledge, that's the quickest way for me. How was that user experience? Can you describe like what you did in the app? It's it's too easy. Like it's almost feels like illegal how easy it is. Like it's it's like buying it straight from your bank account, and you can you can send it. I've heard that if you buy it on PayPal, they don't let you uh, move your Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they, they they do with Cash App. Like I can, you can send it between uh, wallets and exchanges and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see a Bitcoin address in your Cash App. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you have Cash a App is uh the one that Twitter guy. Jack, yeah, Jack Dorsey. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not making it any mystery that he's all in on Bitcoin. So no. I'm su- I'm not surprised it's that easy. Um. Okay. So are there any other cryptocurrencies you heard about that you want to ask us about, or are you still just like, no, I'm gonna stick to this Bitcoin thing, this Ethereum thing, and see where this gets me. I mean, as far as investing, I'm pretty set on sticking with bitcoin and ethereum just because it does feel like i might end up down a rabbit hole as you guys say but i would like to know uh just out of curiosity what happened with dogecoin in the past few weeks (laughs) (laughs) tier three so (laughs) so what happened with dogecoin is is a bunch of bullshit really i mean there's really nothing um it's a joke it's always been a joke it was made as a joke. It continues to be a strange joke. 
And for some reason, celebrities like Elon Musk think it's super duper funny. And, you know, he's probably sitting on millions and millions of does just because people giving it to him. And, right. you know, he thinks it's funny. And and that's just about it. I think I think because it's funny and it's so cheap, like everybody, uh, you know, if there is anything higher than tier three, they're like, oh, my God, this is a cryptocurrency and it's only worth like half of a penny. I'm going to buy millions of them or thousands of them and then just wait. Right, it's going right. to do the same thing as Bitcoin. Uh, but no, it's not going to. So, um, or it is. Fuck, I don't know at this point, Corey. Well, I mean, okay, well, there's one. There's one <laughs> Doge is the new Bitcoin. Yeah, so, so like if you look at the total supply of Doge, Dogecoin, it is uh, drastically large. Like the, like the pool of possible coins is way, 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 way bigger than Bitcoin, which means that like any individual coin will won't be as much right even if you had the same amount of demand like if, if we just like said fuck it switch all bitcoins moving over to dogecoin the price of a dogecoin would still be way way lower because there's so many of them Word. i don't know if you guys knew this but uh they they removed the cap of dogecoin it's supposed to be 100 billion but now it's 128 billion i didn't know that so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like even the creator has like i've said this all the time has marveled at the stupidity of its popularity like <laughs> Did you guys know like, this? Also, the top eleven addresses own thirty-eight percent of all of the Doge supply. That makes sense. That's like that's what happens with those types of coins, though. Like Dogecoin was a was a clone of Bitcoin, and they changed some of the parameters, like the total supply and how fast it happens, and things like this. Uh, and clearly, the, the cap. And um, and then it was like used as like a, a a meme coin to just throw at people when they when they did things funny because it was so cheap back then. Uh, and like D said, like celebrities said the word out loud and everyone's like, oh shit. And they just started buying it which is because it's been a long around for so long. And, uh, here we are now it's like, what, like 30 times more expensive than it used to be for no, for no reason other than Elon Musk said the word. It's literally a copy of Bitcoin from like, what is it? Like 2014 or 20, it's like one of the like early, early, early clones of Bitcoin. Yeah, so it's like a straight fork. And then the dude just tweaked the numbers and like in terms of the max supply cap and the block size. And then the only reason it's being pumped is because the narrative is like it's egalitarian. Everybody can participate because of the memes. But if you look at the actual flow of money, it's like a lot of institutional players in Doge. Well, like no one de- no one develops on it. It doesn't change. Mm. Now right. I'm just talking about the money aspect. Oh. So yeah. waste of time. But I don't know. I guess to some people it's not. So, uh, you know, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh my ass off if like Reddit adopts it and it becomes like the official cryptocurrency of Reddit or something, something dumb like that. Cause it's like, it's from a technical perspective, it's sound enough to do that. It's got, it's got enough of a mining, uh, kind of hash power. It's got enough users. It's distributed enough. It's cheap enough, whatever. If it, if that happened, It'd be so stupid, but I can see it happening because celebrities make stupid decisions. This is very true. There's no reason for it not to happen, right? Like, it's not going to break. Well, on that news, I just bought 500,000 Doge as (laughs) we were talking. So, no. (laughs) No. Uh, That's all we know about Doge. To me, it's just a joke, but, you know. Yeah, what that's what I say? figured. I was just like, I've been seeing it a lot on Twitter. 
was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I want to know. I thought Reddit I mean, already had like donuts. They, they don't do. have. Oh yeah, they. It's do only donuts, in a, yeah. it's only in a few places though. Reddit has donuts only in a few subreddits though. Mm. Which I'm surprised even donuts have value. You know, I'm not surprised anymore. I'm gonna stop being surprised. Let me ask you this question, Corey. Like, if they can remove the the supply cap of Dogecoin, I forgot to ask you this. I wanted to ask you about the Bitcoin's like end game inflationary uh, mechanisms or deflationary mechanisms. What about them? What what happens? Oh, it just runs out. Uh, it it so like no, there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins in existence ever. I think, and it and what happens is that every block, there's new Bitcoins that have that they like just pop into existence. And those new Bitcoins go to the people who are securing the network. So like, as they secure the network, they get paid for it in brand new Bitcoin. Uh, the and, block rewards go down over time. Yeah. But over time, the amount that gets minted or like pops into existence goes down. So it, 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 the rewards for validating the network get smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of the number of Bitcoins. Hopefully, the price of Bitcoin goes up. So it's still like around the same amount of like, real world value to them um but eventually there's going to be no more rewards as people secure the network so instead of them getting paid in new big new bitcoin they get paid in the fees of using bitcoin so if i send you if i send you a transaction if i send you bitcoin it costs me a little bit of bitcoin that goes to the people who are securing the network right hopefully uh that in, in 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 the future when there's no more new bitcoin only 21 million of them in existence and it's done uh the fees are enough we'll see if that actually happens we don't know that's like 2040 or something like that uh, no it's not what is it? around the corner it's like 2028 20, 2029 20, i don't think that's true not not no not not when all of them but like pragmatically all of them. oh okay yeah that's like the amount is insignificant um yeah. So, so what happens? Like, what are the are, are there like burn mechanisms in addition to this. transaction fees? I got no. this. No burn mechanisms. You, you can burn it just by throwing it to like. A zero no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, what what are the inherent mechanisms that are going to happen additionally when token rewards go to zero? Nothing. Fees go up. Nothing. That's it. That's that's all. You're, it's just so like. Ta-da. So there's nothing like if if the real world value of Bitcoin just keeps inflating. Deflated. There's nothing to like contradict that or like counteract that, not contradict, counteract that. What's the problem with that? Um, it inflates to the point where even a Satoshi becomes like a million dollars. That's never going to happen. Yeah, there's, there's not a problem the with world, that. The world GDP, like if like say Bitcoin took over for like the, the currency that everyone uses, yeah. right? And the, and, the, and, the, and the chance, the weird slim chance that that happens, it's never going to happen. Uh, the smallest <laughs> yeah, denomination, the smallest <laughs> denomination of Bitcoin is worth about half a cent. Yeah. So it's still like a reasonable amount. But no other mechanisms, just just token rewards go to zero. That's it. The yeah, minor rewards go to zero. Fees, fees go up. Okay. All right. I thought there was something more complex uh, complex than that. Okay. All right. No, you just need the only way to prevent that from happening is, I mean, if it, it all depends on how much is being used and how much commerce is taking place with Bitcoin being the denominator. 
if the answer to that question is a lot, then the value of Bitcoin is going to be at a point where that stupid matrix meme that's, you know, trade my Bitcoin for millions. No, you won't have to. Yeah, you won't have to. Your purchasing power will be astronomical if you have just like one Bitcoin, because that's how many a million Satoshi. And keep in mind that on the Lightning Network, as it stands, you can do sub Satoshi transactions all the way to like the sixth decimal outside of a Satoshi. So yeah, there's room for commerce. Mm, there's I a lot of that you could do sub Satoshi. Okay, you can do sub Satoshi transactions. I didn't know that. So there's oh sorry, Matthew, you're becoming tier two really fast. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so getting alert. Uh, so to kind of rewind. I didn't know that about the sub-Satoshi whatever either. On the Lightning Network, you can do sub-Satoshi transactions. And they go through very, very easy and very, very fast because it's built for that level of transaction. Um, but there's plenty of room for commerce, commerce there, Jesse. So if there's a lot of governments and people that are dependent upon Bitcoin's health, then nothing's going to happen. It'll just The price of goods is going to keep deflating often into infinity to keep up with the amount of people and things using Bitcoin. Well, nothing's going to use Bitcoin because we can't use it. Like the transaction per second is like super slow. So that's never going to happen like that. Anyway, somebody would use a derivative of. Yeah, probably. Right. So, I mean, they'd use a derivative of, but that's all just a speculation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, who the fuck knows what's gonna happen over the next few years? <laughs> this yeah. is weird. Yep. Um, let's wrap it up. Do you yeah. got any more questions? No, no, I just learned a lot on accident. Jesse has a question, then I got a question for you. Well, I don't know how it applies. How does this work? Because we don't know what you do. Fuck so. it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, All right. let's still ask a question. Is, is what you do difficult? Actually difficult. Sorry. I have to put that modifier there. Sorry, who you're asking me? Yeah. yeah. Is this what is I do difficult? Is what you do actually what? difficult? I don't know. It usually applies when we have like an interviewer because like they're a CEO of a company or something. And then when you ask them that question, they have to go, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm a cook at a restaurant. So I, I would call it stressful at the very least. What about student? You're a student though, right? Yeah, that too. That's difficult too. Yeah, that makes sense. I know a lot of cooks. That shit is stressful is the right word. <laughs> yeah, shit is kind of brutal sometimes, but I enjoy it. How much yeah. butter do you use on this food in a week? So much. So much. <laughs> <laughs> Zero hesitation. Yeah. I no, used to I'm know. Playing. It's not that bad. It's honestly not that bad. Not used don't. to. Use but the I, it's cool. I like it. I know use someone it. who used to be a chef, and it was very fun. Actually, Corey, we know the same person who used to be a chef. Uh, Tom? And yeah, yeah. And what's funny is I finally got him to cook one time for Thanksgiving. And those mashed potatoes, I still remember them to this day. The best shit that ever hit my lips, those mashed potatoes. And then he was like, the secret is butter. Everything. You go out to eat, they're putting butter in the water. There's butter in everything. <laughs> yeah, butter like, or oil, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I was like, huh. Anyways, uh, my question for you is, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Oh, man. I'm going to try to remember what uh, one of y'all said earlier. Hang on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a way 
for me to send you money and you know I don't have it. Was that 10? I think it was. And it's also a, a, it's a like better answer than maybe like 80% of the people we've had on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, once one, I don't remember who said that explanation, but once y'all said it, I was like, that's the one I needed. <laughs> that was definitely yes. Corey. And it's definitely true. The, the more important thing that, that that opens the table to the conversation of why is that important? And you'll find out next, listeners, on the next episode of the no, <laughs> <laughs> Um That's it, man. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, Appreciate thanks for having me on. Um, you're, you're welcome back anytime, Alicia. Yeah, maybe next time I'll be yeah, uh, cool tier people. two. Tier two, we'll, yes. We'll get you out there. We'll get you up there. Yeah, I've got to <laughs> officially publish the the parameters of the different tiers. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to that. that. <laughs> we'll get around to it. All right, man. Thank you. All right, yeah, thank you. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with M to the A. Uh, I know he did refute that he, uh, he was 11 years old, but he is. He's actually 11 years old. Really deep voice. Really deep voice for a sixth grader. Um, no, <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a while since I onboarded anyone. He had a lot of good questions. A lot of it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed like having like a regular ass conversation with someone who's like, I don't know, man. You tell me. Tier three GPP, man. They're out there and they and they want in. They speaking want of which, in on it. speaking of which, I want to I'm going to transition hard into this. Um, I got hit up on Twitter from a Darren. With a with 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 a, with a Reddit like a Reddit link in the comment that says any insight into this so Corey Petty any insight into this Reddit link into thing right which I get a lot <laughs> uh, but I was like what do you mean like what what are you what are you what are you fucking talking about and uh, he be he asked a bunch of re- reasonable questions and so I read the original Reddit post and. What, what has been happening is that people are trying to take salaries in Bitcoin these days. And some of those people are mm-hmm. NFL folks. And so Apple too. Uh, Russell O'Kung uh, has been trying to take about half of the salary in Bitcoin. Not trying. Before. He did it. He, he has been doing it. And this guy on a, on a Reddit post on in, uh, slash R slash NFL um, basically broke down how much money he's made. Based on a bunch of man, uh, like conjecture on like reasonable methods he would take to um, buy Bitcoin with a salary, and so let's see, he makes like uh, how many millions per per re- like six point five million converted to Bitcoin last season. Yeah, so he's he already made down, eighteen. Go ahead. He broke down every payday check to figure out like how much money he's made. So he's made more. He's basically made more money. Um, in the in, in the inflated price of Bitcoin than his NFL career. But Corey, he wanted to do this two years ago. Yeah. Imagine right, well, if he'd the, been the, paid. The, the infra, the infrastructure ago. wasn't there appropriately. Like, it, that, that's that's a part of it, right? Like, yeah, it you was. need you need liquidity. You need people who are able to buy that much Bitcoin, and you need the ability for people who don't understand what's going on to participate in this securely, which is a real hard issue. I would say two years ago in 2018, when he wanted to do this, I think it was there. It was just starting. 
But yeah, he made out like a bandit. And oh, more and he's... more people are gonna gonna be wanting. Oh to yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. What is that TLDR here? Let me find it. Let me tell you something. He made eight mil instead of three mil or something like that. No, that. if uh, uh, it's more like I've twenty-five been mil. Let's see. He had Diamond Hands holder who didn't touch any of his coins throughout their recent surge in Bitcoin price. His four hundred and forty-one coins that he would have made during that season at current price. Would be worth twenty four point seven million, netting him a hefty eighteen point two million increase of his initial salary half, the oh. half of his salary. Yeah, well, I've been trying to get Russell Okung on our show for a long time. He does not so respond like, to my tweets and my no, DMs. Like so, like, there's a there's some additional follow up questions from the a person who asked me about this on Twitter. It's like. And maybe we can kind of go into these things. Do you feel this is a viable option? Do you think large organizations would be more inclined to use this option in the future? Do you think the employees should view this as a more uh, as more of an investment option, or could should this become their standard form of compensation? One at a time. So, one at a time. So, like, do we think this is a reasonable way for people to take salaries? Yes. And on top of that, is it the is it the company's responsibility to provide that option, or is it the employee's responsibility to funnel it into the way they want? No, there's not enough liquidity at this point. Bitcoin would have to be around a hundred thousand or even close to like two fifty per coin to yeah. be a viable pay Why? structure for it to be broken down into the fractional amounts to be given out. There'll be so much that a company would have to be liable to, yeah. to acquire first. A company should be doing this. Yeah. It should be individuals. But it, yeah. would it be even be companies? It'd be banks, it'd be institutions, because companies, by and large, don't even pay their payroll. Like the companies aren't going around handing out cash on payday. They're paying a payroll company. The payroll company pays. Like, and then a lot of it's also on loan basis too. Like it's not like cut and clear oh you worked 40 hours here's your big pile of money it's not how it works right so alicia's kind of right there would need to be massive liquidity we'd have to go into those decimal points that i keep talking about behind the one bitcoin in order for that to happen if it were to happen at a mass surge uh, it would be silly Uh, now that should also be on the employee just as it's on the employee to specify if you want me to direct deposit 75 percent into this account and 25 percent into that account it should be up to the employee to specify. It should not be up to the employer to have a coffer of, of Bitcoin to pay their employees with. No way. That would be a, that. really risky. Yeah, there had to be some sort of service that would pay. And there is that service. And we've interviewed that guy three times. And I can't even fucking remember his name. Corey, you remember the service? The guy that you can get paid in Bitcoin by your employer without even... We've interviewed too many fucking people. Anyways, know, audience, I'm, listen. Yeah, no, I don't have the answer. I've bit heard wage, bit wage. Of those, those interviews. Hold up. Bit wage bit is wage. probably the right one. Hold up. Let me see if it still exists. Bit wage. If this is still around, that guy's probably a bazillionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bit wage. So, bit wage is a company, you know, maybe we should have them up for a sponsor or something. If you want to get paid in Bitcoin uh, and your employer is none the wiser, you basically set up a bank account and then you have your direct deposit uh, partitioned to that bank account. 
And when money goes into that bank account, Bitwage will automatically buy the Bitcoin you want and then send it to the wallet that you want. So uh, Russell Kong partnered with... So I'm reading the, uh, the the CoinDesk article here to figure out who he partnered with to do his to do. He, I, yeah, strike. But but I think I think there's a lot going on here with this with this he guy getting, with a company called Strike. Yeah, uh, there's been a couple Apple. I saw a thread and read it where a couple Apple employees wanted to get paid in Bitcoin now, and and that's gonna happen more and more. It's not gonna be a rush of people. I don't think. I think it's going to be a few and far between where people are like, oh, I'll get paid in Bitcoin. I'll go paid in crypto. Somebody has to be in a very unique financial position in order to be paid in an experimental currency. They have to weather so the winter. We didn't talk to Strike. Strike yeah, like, is uh, the people behind Zap, the Zap app. Yeah, it's, it's Zap Strike, and it's a Lightning yeah. Network situation. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's well, what's the second question, Corey? We can do maybe two more because I, I think I have to go. I go? I Whatever. do have to go. Um, we answered two of them. Do you think employees should view this as more of an investment option or could should this become a standard for compensation? So as, as an employee who's receiving money for their work, should it be something that's offered by the organization to them or it should be something that they're looking into with themselves? They should treat it like a 401k or yeah. a Roth or an IRA. So like, so like this is, this should be something that organizations offer their employees. It shouldn't be something that the savvy employee figures out how to handle his paycheck and it does with it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the opposite. Now I think, I think the individual should have the responsibility to figure out what to do with their, with their money. The employee yeah. just pays money. However, they would feel, however they feel like doing it. They're, that mm-hmm. shouldn't have to matter. Yeah. I believe Fidelity does that for uh, pension funds and 401ks right now. They have that option to invest in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean, though? Like, you see the difference? Like, mm-hmm. whose responsibility is it to, to figure out how to do these things? In my opinion, the company should figure out their most efficient way of paying their, paying their employees. Whatever that is. Doesn't matter what it is. And the employee should figure out, all right, how do I take that money and turn it into something that's useful for me? And in the future, it would make sense that the company could do it. But right now, yeah, I think I agree with you. Just a hard breath, D? Oh. You just hard hard, hard breath. Oh, my bad. My bad. Breathe in real hard. My dog just peed. That's all. Uh Yeah, a little tinkle. Little tinkle, unwanted tinkle, you know, little just a little drippy drips out there. <laughs> um, I don't think it should be. I think it should be treated as an investment. Quite obviously, it should be treated as a risky investment, and I don't think that employers need to get dirty with that right now because all that could lead to is a lawsuit. That's all that leads to is a lawsuit one day where you're like, oh, my, my, you know, my boss told me I could invest in Bitcoin and blah, blah, blah. And then I lost a third of my paycheck because of uh, I was putting a third of my paycheck into something. So now I'm going to sue my employer to get my money back because I worked hard for that money. That's all that's going to lead to right now. 
There's it. also a tax liability because right now in the states, at least, Bitcoin is considered a commodity or property. In well, it's like one of the situa- like, that's why I feel like it's like a company should be like, this is how you get paid, son. We 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 figured out the best way to pay our employee our our, our employees. Here's your money. Do yeah. whatever you want with it. Yeah. And then now you, as an employee, have a tremendously larger option to to do what you want with your money, mm-hmm. as opposed to it coming it coming from all high in your company. Like, but if the company purchases Bitcoin to give out to their employees, the the company also has a tax liability because there's a capital gains attached to that yeah. transaction. Yeah. And I keep thinking of all the little teenagers, the 13-year-olds, the 17-year-olds who mined Bitcoin or played with crypto, and their parents claim them as dependents. And now come this year, I think, is the year where the IRS is going to start enforcing the tax laws on crypto because they have to. It's just going to be interesting to see, like, because, like, I I was talking to someone about this earlier today is that we lack, we severely lack really good accounting systems for understanding how to deal with crypto. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to paying taxes, like yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, it's the, it's the byproduct of educating a younger generation on how to do investments mm-hmm. and like drastically lowering their barrier of entry for investments. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's- Oh, I did all these investments. Uh, what are taxes? Yeah, but think if your 13-year-old is messing around because they play Call of Duty and they're trying to sell some skins and they have some Bitcoin and Litecoin and all this stuff and you claim them as a dependent, well, you as a the parent are probably going to have a tax liability if the IRS decides to audit you and say you had to claim this crypto because your kid played around. That would suck ass, you know? Like, like there, There's a significant <laughs> amount of people. That's, that, a, lot, that's that, a lot of money. Like, why is little Billy... <laughs> Dunting. He's got six chains. He's covered in gold. Yes. What's going on? They're like crypto. They're like crypto. Yeah. What? Oh, so we owe one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in taxes yeah. this year. In taxes. Oh that's, no. That's going to be really bad. And when they first did this law, the parents started getting mad because their kids were all playing Fortnite. Especially uh, some of the older Congress people and senators were saying, like, when my grandkids play Fortnite, and now my kids are telling me that they have this tax liability, and they're like. Oh no, Fortnite dollars are exempt, but that is going to be an issue. It is. Billy's gonna it sell it. Hey, look, that ain't, look, hey, dude. I paid if my you gotta tell your kid to, if you gotta tell your kid to not play video games because you don't want that tax liability, that's uh, a weird world we live in, right? That like, is a weird world. It is, and it's just not Fortnite. There's a bunch of that's real. That's a games. real situation. Yes. No, son, you can't play games. I ain't trying to file them taxes. Welcome to the what? 21st century, baby. It's just getting weird. <laughs> I thought student it's, loans it's, are bad. Like, right? Uh, <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> taxes. Turn off that Xbox. I can only pay so many taxes this year. All right. <laughs> Look, I think it's. I'm think happy it's you made a million dollars. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to play taxes. Yeah. This is, this is a good time to wrap. We, you know, it's been a while since we had a drunk episode. It's been some years. I'm glad we were able to do it again. You know, if you want to get drunk with us on the drunk episode, you should become a patron. You should go to patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. Did you practice this? I didn't. I've been drinking. Everything's flowing right now. I'm in the zone. 
you know, you should go to patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast and you should become a patron and you get access to the private patron channel and the Slack. And then if there's an opportunity for you to come onto a drunk episode and get drunk with us, maybe you might have some Basil Hayden or you might have some Johnny Walker Blue. You want to get, you know, congratulatory with us, you can. Jefferson's. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jefferson's. And Corey, you need to watch Alexander. It's a, it's a fucking sin that you haven't seen that that musical. It's amazing. Hamilton. It's great. It's it's, it's great. Cool. All right. Now, this show wasn't brought to you by Hamilton, but whatever. All right. You should also check out the Shopify store. Um, and you should join our Slack. Uh, we have a Slack. If you don't know what Slack is, you don't need to be in our Slack. Uh, this isn't for you. Trust me. Uh, no, okay. Slack is go to go to uh, the bitcoinpodcast.com. Put the button that says Slack. Follow the instructions. Now, if you can't follow those instructions, this isn't for you. All right. Uh, <laughs> support us. You shouldn't be investing in cryptocurrency if you can't yeah. do that. Yeah, if you can't do that, you don't need to be focused on cryptocurrency. You're going to end up naked and, and smoking crack under a bridge. Let me tell you something. All right. You need to be careful. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's see um stored at the bitcoinpodcast.com slash collections tbp community artists uh, what we're trying to do there is if you're an artist and you're in the community and you want to contribute your art and get it on a t-shirt or get it on some socks you can do that there uh and we you'll be that? yeah cool. we do all kinds of shit bro we do all kinds Getting of shit very unaware of this and then you'll get re- you'll get paid. There'll be a remuneration for your contributions to the the merch that we put out there. So so go to that. That's a mouthful, but it's 2021. You should be able to do this. Store.thebitcoinpodcast.com slash collections slash TPP community artists. It's uh, gotta be that's gotta be a link somewhere. No, wait, yeah, let's put that and put that link in the show notes. It's pretty long. It's pretty lengthy one. That's, that's, all right, nobody's doing that. Uh, so that's it, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my Basil Hayden's wearing off. I probably just drink some water. Uh, Let's go play some Call of Duty. Yeah. Shout out to Megan the Stallion. Uh, you're an artist. You're the Mozart of twerking. Shout out to Michelle Obama. That's a 180 degree shout out right there. Uh, Cardi B <laughs> and Lori Harvey. When did I start shouting out to Cardi B? I don't even like Cardi B. That's just cute, I guess. <gasps> How can you not like the queen, Cardi B? Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. All right. Play. Certified free. Seven what? days a week. Play. <laughs> oh, shit. I know what you listen to now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Play. Make that pull on game week. Oh, shit. Not, well, maybe you, Corey. Captain has a kid, but not me. <laughs> play the, or Jesse play the outro.